0: and i'm a quilter and welcome to episode 169 in which i do embroidery and i'm recording this on sunday november 16th it's about mm, 26 in the evening and i'm hoping i can get this posted tonight we'll see um, i'm gonna i want to start out by saying thank you to everybody who's listening thank you to those of you who are new listeners heard from actually i don't think i heard from new listeners I heard from lurkers. (laughs) I heard from people who have been listening for a while and are just now letting me know of their existence. So welcome. Glad to hear from you. Always glad to hear from listeners. It is just, you know, it's that moment of fun. It used to be fun to go to the mailbox when we were kids at the end of the driveway to see if somebody wrote you a letter. That doesn't happen anymore. Mailboxes, not so much fun. Now it's just bills and junk mail. Although, it does also bring the occasional related catalog, which is kind of fun. But anyway, um, now email is our modern-day mailbox, and it is always so much more fun when I open my email. And ooh, there's a fun email from a listener, so thank you so much for being in touch. Um, I only have one thing that sort of falls in the realm of announcements, (laughs) sort of vaguely, for this episode. And then I've got some Sandy update, and we're going to do some listener feedback Um, I do want to let you know I'm recording this using my headset, my microphone and headset. So if the audio sounds a little bit different, that's why. Um, Because my other microphone, my Snowball, is developing issues. And I haven't been able to figure out whether it's actually the microphone or it's the desk. But you may have heard in in episodes that I've been recording in the last few months that there's this kind of repeated clonk i have no idea what that is i don't hear it when i'm recording i'm not touching anything i'm not tapping anything i'm very careful about what i hit on the desk when i'm recording you know near where the microphone sits i cannot figure out what's causing that um i've you know made sure everything's screwed in tightly (laughs) just I don't know what's doing it so for this episode I'm just going to use my regular headset and hope that it all works out okay this one of course gets some noise periodically when the cord rakes across the zipper on my hoodie so hopefully I've got things tucked in that that won't happen okay all of those disclaimers aside on to the episode Um, So the sort of vague announcement is that I've had a few of you email me to ask me to tell you about the trip to Burma, where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing, etc. I actually can't really do that in an online public setting. Uh, Without going into a whole lot of detail, there's issues in Burma, Um, Myanmar, I should call it, it's spelled M-Y-A-N-M-A-R, which we here in America would pronounce Myanmar- um, but in Burma, they actually drop pretty much all ending consonants. <laughs> so it's it's Myanmar is how you'll hear them pronounce it. Um, I generally refer to it from as Burma, but that's this whole long story as to why. Um, however, when I am there, I need to train myself to refer to it as Myanmar because it's really, really an issue if you refer to it as Burma um, from a governmental standpoint. But that's part of why I can't really talk about it online. Um, there are still issues in that country, that it's not that I think I'm an important enough person that people are spying, but there are still spies, and they do still find stuff, and I don't want to risk the safety or the security of any of the people I'll be visiting, so that's why I'm being a little bit cagey about details, Um, and even when I'm back, I'll probably still have to be a little bit cagey about details in online settings, however, I can email you if you are interested in an explanation just shoot me an email i have um i do i did email somebody who had asked early on and what i'm basically thinking i could do is just copy and paste that email (laughs) because it it gives a little bit of the history not a whole lot about what's been going on in burma over the last 50 years um, but more about my own personal connections there and uh, why i'm going back now and and what i expect to be doing so that's why i'm not really talking a lot publicly about what i'll be doing again i'm not particularly worried about my safety while i'm there uh the worst that would likely happen to me is that i would get blocked from visiting certain places um you know that kind of thing but it could be a little bit risky for people i'll be visiting so that's where that kind of comes down to um today i actually ended up sort of having a you know, prepare for Burma Day, uh, because I went over to a family's house of some folks originally from Burma that I've become very close to over the last several years. And I went to their house to get an update because that that family are some of the more, well, I, I don't know that I want to say politically astute than other families. You know, there's a lot of people here that know what's going on back home because most of them still have family back home. Um, but this family and I have a habit of talking politics <laughs> together and history and, and what's the situation now. They know that I know a lot more than your average American about what's happening over there. So they really enjoy talking to me sometimes. I'm able actually to give them a little bit of information of stuff I've learned you know, through my channels, but mostly I, I pump them <laughs> for information. And I was doing that today. Um And that was a really, it's just, they're a great family. They've got a pack of kids and all the kids are just really sharp. I only know the older kids well. Um, Some of the younger kids, I don't know that well, but uh, they're just, oh man, that's a family to keep an eye on. And I'm so pleased to be connected to them. Uh, The thing I had to kind of laugh at myself though, that I'm clearly out of the habit of visiting i used to you know i used to be over there maybe once a month or so but the last couple of years when my travel for work got really intense and my job got really intense i haven't really visited anybody in the last probably at least the last year maybe even the last 18 months um other than you know pot shots at running into people in places but i haven't been at the level i had been and so today um I was going over there in the early afternoon. I ate lunch first and I should have known better because when you go visit a family, they inevitably feed you. And so, you know, I, I had lunch. I went over to their house, immediately sat down to another meal. So I've had two lunches today, dinner, not sounding so appetizing. <laughs> so we're, we're, uh, fortunately my husband is willing to wait a little bit for dinner too. Because right after being at their house, um, I then went to another person's house. Uh, this person is from the U.S., and uh, an American. And um, she and some friends had been to Burma last spring, and they had some pictures they wanted to show us and of their trip. And so that's where we were there. And, of course, she had snacks <laughs> and refreshments. So I've pretty much eaten my way through the day, um, which completely uh, discounts any progress I might have made by my hour on the elliptical <laughs> this morning at the gym. So anyway, you know, it's a trade-off. Um, but I did I had a wonderful day uh, talking about Burma, about Myanmar, with people who grew up there, and then with people who had recently, more recently been there than me. Um, it, it was just, in that regard, it was a very nice day. I am, however, a bit socialed out, uh, social ed, if that's a word. Uh, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know I'm an introvert, so being around people is enjoyable, but exhausting, and so i'm going to record this podcast Don't know how much sense i I will make because you know I've been trying to make sense all day. I only have so much sense in me um and it will just see what happens <laughs> so anyway, on to the podcast um sandy update all right, after I know in my last episode, I talked about how i didn't have any room on my iPad for craftsy classes, what I ended up doing is I did load one Craftsy class onto my phone because my phone has a lot more storage space. And I thought about loading more on my phone, but then I thought that's such a dinky little screen. Um, I didn't know that the one I loaded on there, I specifically chose one that I didn't think I was gonna need to really see clearly. It's one of my cooking classes. And I thought, well, it will be good enough if I just, you know I'm kind of hearing what he's saying and watching him go through the process. I don't have to really be able to see in detail what he's doing. But when I was thinking about, do I really want to load all the Craftsy classes I might bring with me onto my phone, It's was like, no, let me see what else I can do. So I did go back onto my iPad, and I basically deleted every app I don't think I'm going to be using while I'm there. Um, I think I mentioned that I've got my iPad essentially set up as a replacement laptop. It's got all sorts of programs for work on there, um, most of which are pretty big space hogs. So. Like I said, I just went in and I got rid of everything. It's not quite stripped down. I still have a fair number of prog- apps on there. I've got my social networking apps. I've got my um, newsreader apps and Feedly. I've got a couple of games on there. Um, the only work-related app I kept on there was OneNote because I used that um, to take all, you know, that's where my major... It's kind of my brain, OneNote. I use it for everything for work, and I also use it for this podcast. I use it for a lot of stuff. So I decided if I'm trying to take notes while I'm gone of everything I've done during the day, I'm probably going to want to do it in OneNote, because then I can sync it to my um, laptop or to my PC OneNote there and be able to access it for work and for personal, whatever I'm going to do. So I kept that one on there, and unfortunately, that's the biggest app well, partly because I have a bunch of notebooks. I think what I'm going to do is close out a bunch of notebooks before I go. And then I, you know, that'll cut down the amount of space it takes. Uh, so in any case, once I did that, then I was actually able to load three more Craftsy classes onto my iPad. I still ha- I really had to kind of think through what classes would I just really kind of want to watch and be able to get something out of watching enough that when i got home i would still feel like i got value from that class maybe go back and say okay i remember seeing this one technique she did in lesson whatever i want to try that lesson now but i wouldn't have to go back and watch the whole class to figure out what it was so that meant no project classes um no nothing where i was really gonna have to be practicing something every step of the way so what i ended up doing is i have one um, dying related class that's about uh, essentially batiking. It's a wax patterning, and it's one, I've had it forever. I remember Sandy Colwell and I of Quilt Command Corner talking about this class and talking about batiking. Um, I have all the supplies to do it at home. I just haven't had the time to do it, and I thought, well, that would be a good one to, I, I have actually watched the lessons before. I don't know that I've watched all of them, but I've watched several of them. I thought that would be a good one to watch on the plane on the way home. to refresh my memory so that when i get home whenever i'm awake again i'll be ready to go and to try that one so i've got that one and then i believe the other two are both machine quilting classes if i recall because at this point i'm mostly watching those to get design ideas and to know what's in the class so that when i sit down to um to choose quilt designs or to practice quilting or whatever, I can say, okay, I want to go back and I want to try that design that was in lesson five of, you know, whatever class. Uh, so I do now have four classes with me on my trip and you know, I'm not going to load any more than that because that's enough for the flights that I'll be on as well as, um, you know, when I'm wide awake at three o'clock in the morning, because it's only three in the afternoon, my time, <laughs> so it gives me a little bit of something to do um, as in addition to my podcast and the other stuff I have. So I did want to update you about that. I did go figure out how to make enough space on my iPad that I could actually download some classes onto that. So hopefully that'll work well for me. Um, I will have a couple of more Craftsy class reviews on my blog this week. One I've already written up, and I think I've got it scheduled to go live tomorrow. Uh, That's on a machine quilting class. And um, that's actually one of my Sandy updates. I actually, uh, that class inspired me to the finishing touches on my Hunter Star. And I didn't talk about this in the blog post I've already posted about finishing my Hunter Star, uh, because the Hunter Star was already finished. And I posted that blog post and then I realized I hadn't put a label on it, which, you know, this is going to be a, either a baby quilt, maybe a wall hanging, but I suspect it'll be a floor baby quilt. And, you know, I I don't really worry too much about labeling with that because I'm figuring the quilt is not likely to actually survive the baby, <laughs> that they're going to want to know, you know, generations to come who made this. Um, but, you know, I thought it's actually for... This quilt is for my great niece for her birth, first birthday. And I thought it would be nice to have something on there. And I had just kind of started thinking that when I watched um, the last couple of lessons in Ann Peterson's Continuous Line Quilting, if I didn't already say that. That's the crafty class I'm talking about. Uh, I was watching the last couple of lessons. And in the very last part of the last one, she signed her name to the quilt in by free motion quilting her name. Now, I've I've done writing on free motion quilting. In the past, it's just not something I remember I can do. <laughs> it's like it doesn't come to mind as something to do. I don't know why. Uh, but as soon as I watched her doing that, I thought, well, dang it, that's what I can do. Because the Hunter Star had these inner borders um, that were just solid black. And I thought it would be kind of neat to do sort of secret messages around that border. So I actually quilted it in black. So <laughs> you really can't see it. And I used um red. The backing is sort of a dark red, and I have a dark red thread that pretty much blends with it, although you can see it better from the back. So, um, And I'm just going to write on a card what I actually wrote in the border and give it to the the parents so that they'll know what it says. Um, But it says, for the name of the baby, um, for her first birthday, and then it says, love Aunt Sandy, or great Aunt Sandy, and then the other two borders, uh, those were Two borders, and then the other two borders, I just kind of did random words that come from the meaning of her name on it. So it was just fun. And actually, I was kind of surprised at how well I could quilt in cursive because I can't even really write in cursive. (laughs) that well although when you're quilting because it's such a different motion occasionally I had to stop and think okay which way does the S go and which way (laughs) because you're kind of you're having to almost do it not you're not doing it backwards but you're it's such a different motion from handwriting that you really have to kind of stop and think about what you're doing. The only thing I ran into was that Um, When I was practicing it to start, I had drawn myself two lines on my paper roughly the same width apart as the inner border, so I knew about how much space I had. And then I was practicing with a Sharpie on regular um, paper, and I forgot about the fact that when I was actually quilting it, I wouldn't want the Fs and the Gs and the Ys, the tail of those going down into the next border. I wanted to keep it all in the black. Um, So I had to, what I ended up doing was using that outside edge of the border is my bottom line for all the letters except the G's and the F's and the Y's. And those, I just kind of lifted up. So those actually sit higher than, <laughs> than the rest of the words. And again, you know, since you can't see them, it really doesn't matter. Um, you can only kind of see from the back that that's what happens. So that, you know, that was the only thing that, okay, next time I might try to shape them differently or use a different script or something. <laughs> I don't know what, um, but it was a lot of fun. and And actually, What I can see of my um, quilting, it actually, the the letters all look pretty darn good. Um, The only thing I was really trying to watch myself to make sure I didn't leave out a letter and misspell something accidentally. But again, you can't see it, so it wouldn't have mattered. Um, The other thing I did discover, I think I mentioned this on my last episode, that as I was hand sewing the binding down, I couldn't really tell whether I had actually quilted both sides of that inner border that it might have just been the dissolvable thread I'd used as a stabilizer. Well, after I washed it, only two sides came out. And the other two sides, I think what I must have done, and who knows how I did this. I was using gray thread in part of the quilting. I must have started quilting the inner border and not changed the bobbin thread because two of the back um, on the back, two sides of the inner border on the inside of the inside edge had gray thread. And the other two sides weren't stitched at all. And then I never did the outside. So, or no, I had done the outside. It was just the inside that hadn't gotten done. So I did end up going back and re-quilting that after the thing was done, but it was fine. And I just continued to use the gray bither and the bobbin so it would match the first two sides I did. Uh, so it's now totally, completely, actually, really live done. So, all I have to do is wrap it for the party next week um Now, the other project I ended up doing I mentioned on Twitter that I just might have decided to do a gift quilted gift project for somebody that I'm going to be visiting in Burma and what happened was Friday afternoon, I went out to lunch with two of the people who are going to Burma with us so that we could um cover last minute details and such and um One of the women is the one who grew up in Burma, who's planning our trip. And we're going to be visiting somebody who was a significant figure in my father and I being over there, who is also related to my friend. And so I was talking with her about um, he's he's very elderly at this point and apparently not doing well. Um, He's quite sick. So I'm very anxious to be able to go let him know how much my dad respected him and enjoyed working with him. And I, I wanted to bring some sort of a special token gift. Um, to share with him. And my friend, of course, suggested, well, why don't you quilt something? And I looked at her and I said, because I've only got a week and a half (laughs) before I'm going. You know, it's like, how fast do you think I can quilt? But when I got home, of course, I started thinking about it. And I was like, well, wait a minute, I could do something very small. So I ended up um, deciding to do an applique peace dove, um, the dove being the symbol of peace. And there's sort of a, a very particular, I mean, there's not a particular drawing of a dove that's the drawing but there's there's kind of a very common um what's the word I'm looking for it's usually heading in one direction and it often has the olive branch in its mouth which comes out of a scripture passage so I decided I wanted to do this appliqué peace, dr- peace dove with an olive branch in its mouth and I would just keep it you know a very small project and I found a drawing of a peace dove in free clip art so there were no royalty issues and I had changed it anyway I mean I downloaded it and used it I fused it um, I used paperback fusible and I I traced this dove onto that fusible onto the paper side and then fused it to the fabric wrong side so that I would have it still in the same direction when I actually fused it to the backing and cut it out And when I cut it out, I realized that what looks good as a drawing doesn't necessarily look good as a fabric solid object. So I I had to do some trimming, especially around the wings, to make it look not mutant. (laughs) Basically, when when I cut it out, I was like, okay, this looks like um, the... A hunchback of Notre Dame dove, <laughs> Just it looked weird. So I had to kind of trim it down further. Um, so in essence, you know, it's no longer that original piece of clip art. So we're good on this. It's now an original work of art. Uh, so anyway, I fused that to a background which I used one of my hand eyes. It's on a, a very basic blue, um, very pretty blue, but a basic blue uh, background. And then I I got my square rulers to figure out which one would give me enough space around this dove <clears throat> so that it wouldn't be crowded when I did the olive branch and the binding, but not be so big that I'd have all this space I would have to figure out what to do with. And it turned out that the nine and a half inch square was exactly dead on what I really wanted. It gives me about half an inch to an inch around the outside of most of the Dove. The Dove isn't quite square, you know, it's kind of rectangular. So it gave me enough space to work with. Um, so it's a nine and a half inch square piece. And what I then decided to do, was and and all of this I'm kind of deciding to do it as I go. So after I had it all fused together, I decided I was going to do a blanket stitch by hand around the outside of the dove and I had a variegated pearl cotton. Um I think I might have bought it when I was in Lancaster. I don't really remember. There's there's two or three that I got all at the same time. Um one was this variegated and I don't remember what the other ones were. But i think that might be where i picked them up it's this one is variegated it's all pastels it's pink and green yellow purple blue i think um so it looks very eastery and i thought well that's appropriate for this as well um one there's only one there's an unfortunate transition and i can't remember now which between which two colors But as it's transitioning from one color to the next, it kind of goes through this very sort of murky beige-y kind of weird color, and then it goes into the next color. Fortunately, that transition isn't very much of the variegation, so it it doesn't show up that much. Um, But I was able to blanket stitch around the hole outside, and it doesn't look too bad. I'm a little rusty on my blanket stitch, especially because usually when I do it, I'm doing it on felted wool, so it's kind of, it's going in a, it's still the same stitch but it's got more to grab onto. It's a little bit different feel to it when you're doing it on plain old fabric. And I always, always have to remind myself how to to get that stupid blanket stitch going. For some reason, I always want to do it backwards. (laughs) I have to, you know, I generally go to YouTube, look at the blanket stitch and then get myself going. And then once I'm going, I'm fine. And it's so stupid because I've been doing a blanket stitch for years. I, I don't know why I always have that moment of hesitation when I want to get it started. Um, so now I'm working on the olive branch, and I, I lightly sketched it out with a chalk pencil. I probably could have curved the stem a little bit more, but I, it, it'll probably work better this way with the binding. Um, I just did a stem stitch for the stem, and actually I think this might be the first time I've done a stem stitch. Uh, it, that turned out quite well. I only have one little part of it that doesn't look quite dead on, but it was most of it was very good. Um, stem stitch is a very easy stitch to do. And then... I monkeyed around a little bit with what I wanted to do for the leaves of the olive branch. And now I like my second one better than my first. So I need to go back and rip out my first one and do it the same way I did the second. The problem is I'm a little concerned about the holes in the fabric. I'm going to have to rip it out and then go in with some water and see if I can get the holes left in the fabric to be less noticeable. Um, But in any case, the leaves, the second leaf, I really like it. I think it's called a herringbone stitch. I think that's the one I decided to do I used uh, the Sue Spargo book now I had done a review on this way back after I got back from Lancaster so probably Lancaster was in April so it was probably one of my May episodes where I talked about the Sue Spargo book and let me quickly look up the title of it I think I pulled it up yep Um, it's creative stitching guide create vivid lively textures using 50 kinds of stitches and it's by Sue Spargo you can buy it on Amazon It's not a cheap book, but I've used it two or three times now. I really, really like it. That's where I got the instructions for the stem stitch. It's very clear and easy to follow. Unfortunately, she did not have leaf shapes um, in there, really. So I ended up going to YouTube to decide what I was going to do for the leaf. And it kind of surprised me that she didn't really have leaf filler. You know, here's filler stitches that are good for making leaves. She didn't have really any of that in there, although the cover of the book has leaves on it, but it's all these different, it's more outline stitches. There's a couple of filler stitches in there, but none that looked like, to me, you know, kind of a basic leaf like I wanted. Um, But in any case, you know, my, my embroidery is not too bad. I have not done a whole lot of embroidery in my life. The only embroidery I have done has been with pearl cotton. I don't, haven't done the finer detail work, but I do really like doing it. It's a very relaxing thing to do. Um, So it's something I've always wanted to do more of. And so I've got two or three embroidery classes from Craftsy in my wish list, but I'm not buying any more classes until 2015, 2015. Now, that's an easy thing to say because I'm going to be out of the country for most of the rest of 2015 without access to, you know, well, i'll have a little bit of access to wi-fi but um i won't be in a position where i can easily buy classes from craftsy so that's an easy thing to say but i really want to try to get myself down to single digits of unfinished classes before i buy any more and i'm i'm within spitting distance i think i might be able to do it so um anyway once i get my embroidery done on this project then i'm just going to do um, a basic quilt design kind of with rays coming out from the back of the bird and then bind it so it'll It won't take me that long to finish. And fortunately this week, I don't have a lot going on at night, uh, which is fantastic. And my husband will be out a couple of nights for things at work. So those are nights I'll be able to really, you know, buckle down and make sure I get this thing done. Um, And at nine and a half inches square, it'll be very easily packed. So (laughs) that's also another good thing. Um, So that's what I've been doing quilty wise. And again, I've, I've really been enjoying doing this embroidery. Um, I don't see myself becoming an embroiderer, somebody who just does embroidery work, but I, I do like doing sort of the primitive whimsical kind of embroidery on quilted projects. And I do like doing felted wool. I haven't done as much recently as I did in the past. I've never done a ton of it, but I really, I like doing felted wool stuff. And that's always something I keep saying, you know, I need to get back to doing that once in a while because I do really enjoy that. So anyway, um that's my sandy update uh i think it's time now for us to go to listener feedback and i've gotten some comments it's been very nice i have to um poke at mirna because she sent me a couple of they were very very funny she sent me an email that says how i do winter and it's a cartoon of cars and trees covered in ice just sheets of ice And it says, my favorite part of winter is watching it on TV from California. (laughs) And then the second one was um, how she does winter clothes. Uh, Let's see. Oh. Meanwhile, in California, time to break out the winter clothes. And it's a picture of a man's feet in flip-flops wearing socks. (laughs) So that's... That's the winter clothes. So thank you, Myrna, for just rubbing it in that, that, yes, where you live is much warmer than where I live. Um, Maureen emailed me uh, with a couple of questions and wanted to know if I would talk about Burma. And that's part of why I decided I should actually say something. Um and I will be emailing you back, Maureen, because she's also something that does some similar stuff to what I do. So it's always good to meet up with um, people that we have stuff in common. So thank you for emailing me, um, Maureen, and I will be definitely in touch. Thank you to Diane and Pratima, who are both very excited to hear about Charlotte's new uh, website. So on my blog last week, I posted that Charlotte has a new uh, Charlotte of um, scrappitude fame now has her own blog and she has been blogging fairly regularly. And I posted the link on my um, blog last week and people are excited. Charlotte, actually, I, I warned Charlotte. I said, by the way, I've posted this on my blog now. And she said, oh, I've already got a bunch of new followers and people leaving comments. She's very excited about this. So definitely go give her some love. Um, thank you to Jackie for her post on my Thinking About It Thursday. And she said, I can't imagine how sad you must feel when you look at the lot next door praying you will have great neighbors that move in that prove to be a blessing to you. And, and I am I try to hope for that. I tend to be such a private person that part of me has no interest in having neighbors as friends. <laughs> sort of like I like to be friendly, but at a distance. Um, the main thing I'm actually just worried about is the dogs that we are almost definitely going to have to get a fence, which will be expensive. Um, And I don't want to do like an electric fence so that our dogs can't get out, but their dogs could still get in, you know, or other dogs could get in. Um, I would definitely want a fence of some sort, because I just don't want to have to be constantly hollering at my dogs to get out of their yard. And I am a little worried that they're going to move in with a dog, and then it'll just be issues. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. And we don't actually know for sure that the lot next door actually sold. I think I mentioned in an episode way back in the spring that it had sold. And it had sold briefly, but that sale apparently went through. Um, But they never actually put the for sale sign back up. So there's no for sale sign one way or the other to really judge by. It's possible that they just finally came in and rock-hounded the thing to make it look more marketable. Um, So I don't know and you know there's some question would they actually start building a house in november well they broke ground on ours that we're living in now in february so it's not like they really let winter stop them <laughs> around here at least not from the you know the beginning stages so it's really hard to know what's going on with that lot next door um i'm just still trying to keep my dogs out of it because now they're like oh look we can get over there now um liz <laughs> Uh, made a comment on my Fight the Funk Fitness Friday, where I posted a video of a compilation of photos from my canal walks over the last um, several months. And she wanted to come walk with me. And she said, um, her walks just outside her driveway gate is a dirt road and country setting. Nice, but wait, every step, and I do mean every step taken, is on guard for rattlesnakes and copperheads. And she's run across both in her walks. And she says, um, Occasionally, I will deliberately step on a scorpion. That's one less to get into her house. Uh, So she said, enjoy your view. Mine is pretty, too, but no river and, well, the wildlife. Yeah. Fortunately, if I run across a snake, it's only going to be a garter snake. We don't really have poisonous snakes where I live. Um, We don't really have poisonous spiders. We don't actually really have critters around here that want to kill us. (laughs) It's a pretty domesticated thing. So, you know, I'll trade you the snow and the ice storms every day. I will keep my snow and my ice storms if I don't have to worry about critters that have it in for me. Um, Thank you to Michelle for her her comment on my episode 168 in which I have Visa Will Travel. Uh, She said, that's the one I posted twice if you remember she said thank you for clearing that up i started listening to the original episode while doing some quilting one night but did not finish the episode so after getting housework done yesterday or maybe the day before she tried to listen to the rest of her episode via itunes on her computer and it was there but it wouldn't play so she updated her itunes tried again it was still no go she was about ready to throw her computer out the window and then i said haha just kidding (laughs) it was it was a new episode and she said, it played and you explained. And I said, well, I feel better now. So I'm I'm really sorry, Michelle, that I caused you so much grief. I knew it was going to be an issue for somebody. I was hoping I had pulled it fast enough that it hadn't necessarily downloaded it because sometimes there's like a 24-hour thing where it kind of waits. Um, so I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Thank you for being so... Um, likable about the whole thing Uh, she does go on to say she really likes Jenny Doan's videos and all of her techniques Uh, she made the summer in the park quilt out of the Fons and Porter quilting quickly magazine spring 2013 issue so um, there's another person who really likes Jenny Doan Uh, Colleen also commented on that same episode and she said it's Canada that has the big shopping day on Boxing Day and that that's what I thought I remembered but I didn't want to commit to it so thank you Colleen for uh, confirming that for me uh, she said people line up really early to get big stream TVs and other great sales. It's not for me. I'd rather stay home. And so, and she says, I agree with your recommendation of serial. And thank you, by the way, Colleen for saying the next thing. Cause I did not know this. She said, I heard the host interviewed on another podcast and she said, she has not got the series all planned out. She's just recording as she goes. She doesn't know yet or hasn't yet made up her mind if he's guilty or not. I'm just fascinated with the story. Uh, so thank you, Colleen. Um, That does clarify that for me. And that's really what I find most interesting is because you do feel like you're being let in on somebody's thought processes about this whole thing. So that's really cool. Thank you to Jay for your comment on a finish and to Carol, who also commented on the same. Oh, she was one that's been a lurker. She says, I've been a podcast listener since the beginning, but this is the first time I made it over to your blog. So um, thank you, Carol, for coming over to the blog appreciated the visit uh margaret also enjoyed the hunter star quilt um and she said the little one will enjoy her gift for years to come i'm sure and all i can say is she better she picked it out when it was on my design so i'm hoping she still likes it um thank you to pratima who uh, commented on 10 things every serious quilter has she said i am guilty of having unread books and unused rulers as well And also thank you to Sandy, who um, commented, uh, well, actually, she emailed me. It must have been on the last episode because she talks about Jenny Doan. And she said, I appreciate the overview of the trunk show. Would love to go to her Quilty Town someday. Do you know of any?" black friday quilt in or black friday that is live streamed i know bonnie hunter does weekly streaming but she's looking for a black friday quilt in live i don't actually know sandy so i'll open it up to the other listeners if anybody knows of a black friday sew-in or quilt in that's being streamed please let us know i know sometimes the twilters um the quilters on twitter in case you haven't picked up on the language yet the twilters sometimes will do like a google hangout or something like that um so let us know if there's any plans uh let's see and i think i've already talked about all of these yep um so thank you to everybody who commented and um so here's the thing i'd like to think i'm gonna get one more episode out before i leave because i've still got next weekend I, I i go two weeks from yesterday to burma um next weekend I currently don't have anything scheduled on Sunday, um, but it's hard for me to know because because the following week is so dang busy, I might be spending Sunday just trying to get myself ready for the following week and trying to get as much packing done as I can, etc. So I'm not running around like a chicken with my head cut off on Friday, the day before I leave. So it's a little hard for me to predict. So this could possibly end up being the last episode I post before I go to Burma. Or I might slide one more in there. So that's just to say, you know, if you don't hear from me again, you'll hear from me again in January. Um, Otherwise, you'll hear from me again next week. I guess that's what it comes down to. So um, that's it for this episode. Let me see where I'm at. Oh, this is a shorty. Well, that's okay. Um, That's it for this episode. And you know where you can get a hold of me if you want to. And I hope you do. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, Flickr, all of those places. I'm sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook and you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. Please do. Saw a new new couple of pictures in there this morning and commented on them. It was great to see. You can also join the Quilting for the Rest of Us team on Kiva and do good all over the world. And you can find links for all of that and a little bit more on the show notes for this podcast at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And so until the next time, whenever that might be, go get your quilting on. Filting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom.